Today on Criminal Minds, we talk about kids go missing and kids returning. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to After Buzz TV After Show. We are here doing Criminal Minds, Season 12, Episode 6, Elliot's Pond. And what a creepy episode this was. It was. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. Joining me, I have Michelle Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And Chris Howard. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Howard Live. Boom. Great timing. That was. Excellent. You thought it was my accident? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. The whole thing. Coincidental. Uh, Elliot's Pond, directed by Matthew Gray Goobler himself. Yes. Yes. And I, I think every episode that he directs is usually like the creepy, creepy it's, it's got aspect the of it. to it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. But real quick thoughts of it. Overall, I enjoyed it. It was a very unique episode um, mm-hmm. for Criminal Minds in in how it was executed and how there was no traditional unsub or profile in this instance. Uh, so it was very unique, and I found that intriguing. Yeah. yeah. You feel the same? Well, I didn't really, I, I didn't care for it as much as I like some of the other ones because I really do like the profiling and that type of stuff. Um, but, you know, what kind of got me at the end was thinking, stuff like this really does happen. You know, it's like people disappear and are taken captive and they're found years and years later. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's a lot of reality to it. So I appreciate that aspect of it. I do like all the profiling and stuff. That's what I really get out of it. But, you know, these things happen. And so there's, it's a reality type story. Yeah. So dare say you miss it. You miss that. I, I, you dare say correct. <laughs> yes, I do miss the profiling. Thank you. All right. I, I yeah. think um, we all do. But like, I think the great thing about watching this episode and I watched it, I didn't realize till after the fact that, oh, we didn't have them line up and tell everybody this is the kind of person we're looking for. You didn't, was, oh, you didn't see that. You didn't catch it while it was happening. No, was because after. I was like so engrossed in what was happening mm. and like how everything was coming together and obviously worried about these kids that go missing. But I didn't realize that they didn't really tell us like the kind of person we're looking for. Yeah. Right. Right. I was, I was kind of more aware of it while it was going through, but, um, but nonetheless, it was, uh, like I say, it's, it's an interesting episode just from the perspective of, for me, this stuff happens all the time. It happens every day. You hear stories on the mm-hmm. news about people that were captured and it's, uh, it's gotta be a horrific experience. So I could relate from that perspective. Yeah. yeah. Especially with, I mean, Criminal Minds does a great job when it happens to deal with teenagers or children. And uh, we had an earlier episode um, of this season that dealt with kids. And, oh, uh, yes, we did. I'm so surprised that they did another one so soon. Are we talking about the, oh, the one where they were killing people in the, from yeah, the Yeah, when they were t- killing the teenagers. Right. Um, that the, the JJ's episode when she was, like, having... And they did handle that issues. really well too. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. That is interesting. It, 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 um, you're more familiar with the show than I am. Is that so? so the the kid type issues is it only happens every now and then. Yeah, it's usually like once a season. Mm. Yeah, but then to have two episodes in, and it matters like and in four the first episodes. half of yeah. This, yeah. Um, I'm not saying I don't like it at all. I'm just surprised that it might be a social responsibility series. thing too that they don't want to go there that much just to you know not put it out mm-hmm. in people's consciousness or, or something like that. Perhaps um, who knows? Yeah, perhaps. But let's get into this episode, shall we? Let's do it. We well, let's 
Actually, let's talk about BAU because we got some big news in this episode. Whoa. First of all, yeah, we did. They finally addressed how Hotch, aka Thomas Gibson, leaves the show. Are you satisfied with how they wrote off his character? Now, him being him and Jack in the witness protection program because Scratch resurfaced and they had to go away. Yes. Um, I think I even made that one of my predictions early on was that they wouldn't kill him off. They would just make him go into hiding or something until Mr. Scratch is found. Really? Mm -hmm. You thought it was specifically that guy that, huh, you are good. Um. (laughs) I just, I don't think they would kill off his character when he has Jack. They would just make them go away. Yeah, I think he was a loved uh, character. Everybody appreciated yeah. him. Some, mm-hmm. you know, something happens that uh, that causes the necessity to to get rid of that character. I thought they did a really classy uh, way and a nice classy send off. It wasn't like Charlie Sheen when they dropped the piano on his head. I said that <laughs> yeah, uh, with two and a half men. <laughs> so they they yeah, they were uh, real respectful uh, of his character, and I think that's uh, that was a good way to handle it. Yeah, and they did it in such a way that if things were to become resolved um, on set. Um, and he was welcomed back. Like mm-hmm. he could come back. We if, don't think that's going to happen. If Scratch at this was point, caught, we don't know. If if Scratch was caught ever, like toward the end of the season or something, I don't know. But there must be a pretty big upset though, because they showed him in the uh, in the opening sequence for the first two episodes, and then removed him. Yeah, it must have been some yeah. pretty tight tensions on set that would uh, cause somebody to leave like that. So yeah, I kind of doubt it, but. But But they left him alive, right? Yeah, they did. And I'm I'm really happy for that because he was a beloved character. And I can just imagine the uproar that they would have, like the fans would have, had they killed off his character. Plus, if they killed him off and we didn't even see it, I'm like, what the heck? You know, Mm -hmm. that would just be chaos all around. There's got to be respect for the producers on that front, though, too, because, you know, it's like I was doing the UFC after show and... There was one of the guys that didn't like the the uh, one of the fighters didn't like the call that the judge made, and then went out and kicked after the judge who had made that call. Ooh. And you knew that there there had to be something that happened because there's got to be rules and stuff yeah. like that. And, yeah. and so he got Reprimand. sanctioned and reprimanded and stuff yeah. like that. And it's 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 normal. I, yeah. I think overall it was handled beautifully. It yeah. was cohesive to the storyline, and it was very gracious and graceful. I yeah. guess. Yeah. What do you think of Prentice? Because we now know that Hotch, Hotch's final request was that Prentice becomes the new chief unit. I know what you think. I. Look, you're trying to hide it. No, I'm She's not trying. hiding it. At, I'm not trying at all. <laughs> I'm happy. I like it a lot. I, I'm curious to see how just how easy it is for her to leave her London life. Like I'm, I'm curious where that storyline is going to go. If it's just going to be left behind, and it's kind of okay, she's here now. She's the unit chief. She's doing it, or if you know, there's some fallout with Interpol or her boyfriend, or or if the boyfriend comes over. I think yeah. we're going to get a new character. Is what we're going to get. Mark, quote unquote, yeah. that's her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm um, free. I'm free. If you need, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I don't think we'll see a fallout from Interpol because she has great relationships. That's you know, true. wherever she goes, and she obviously is well equipped and well. Um, she can handle all of this, and she definitely has the credentials for it and the experience and the the wherewithal to do all of this. So, like, I'm not worried about Prentice taking over whatsoever. And we even see JJ and Reed. Like, so happy that she taking this position. Yes. Yeah, you know, they were they all voting her. for her. Huh? They were all behind yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, they want her. Um, so I'm happy. 
And it makes me just, like, think back when, like, uh, Paget Brewster officially came back and her character came back and in the title credits opening sequence, you know, mm-hmm. that she's smack dab in the middle. Like, oh, they planned that. Yeah. <laughs> they they planned good. her to be the, you know, it's like, yep, yeah, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> um, I'm very, no, I'm actually very happy. And, uh, but I did love the toast at the end. We'll obviously get to the, the case, but the toast at the end and what Rossi was saying. It was classy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, classy way to do it. I mean, that's the antithesis of the piano in the head. That's like, <laughs> hey, let's all get together, and we're all family, and you know, people may come and people may go, but uh, it's unusual that we're all here together and uh, we're going to go the distance because we rock. I would love a montage video of all of Rossi's toasts. I feel like it would just be the most <laughs> eloquent thing. A little piano underscore. I would love it too. And I'm just like trying to think back of all the scenes that we had. Right. Well, like anywhere at Rossi's right. house, you know, yeah. restaurants. Like JJ's all. wedding happened at his house. Yeah, Just. very true, very true. But he he did say one of the best lines: "Like we stand beside one another through good and yeah, uh, through good and the bad because we're family. Mm-hmm. Welcome home, apprentice." <laughs> <laughs> Makes me all good. The funny thing is, your attitude really improves around this place based on the episode. That's a real fan. Well, yeah, I love the show. It was a great episode. And the fact that like we didn't get the profiling aspect as much, we got more of the cast, the main central cast, mm-hmm. because we're bringing them together. That I think that will, I don't want to say trumps it, but it was a big story that we kind of had to focus on. Mm-hmm. There, there was. You did see happy. the characters more, didn't you? Yeah. You know, we got yeah. to see more dialogue and, and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a very cast character central episode yes which i'm happy with that too mm-hmm. all right let's get to the actual case we had a flashback earlier at the beginning of the episode in 1983 we see these three kids they're the henson twins playing in cornfields which is not smart um at night that sounds scary would it you do scary. that no okay <laughs> I, i'll just preface this because this is relevant i grew up with literally a cornfield five feet from my backyard i could walk into the cornfield and walk for another three miles and no one could find me. Wow. You don't want to do that. Ever. Like, so these kids doing that at night, stupid. That's, <laughs> That's true. just straight up stupid. Who would do that? Yeah. Well, they were dared. It's true, but come on. You just like they. Well, not the three I'd kids. Like the three, it was the two kids the first that were dared, right? I have a doubt that they're smarter enough to no, do that. No, kids aren't smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Scary. But Bold. yeah, we see that <laughs> moment where. Big flashing lights. They end up splitting up in a big flashlight. And it seems like there was an alien kind of sound effect. Yeah. Like That's why I thought I was watching the wrong show, quite frankly. I, I stopped and I thought, what's this alien thing that looks like it's ho- hovering above them? I'm like, this can't be. This, uh, is this what Stranger Things or whatever? They're? I'm like, <laughs> let me try to change the show. And I'm like, oh, no, Criminal Minds. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not. Like, there's no definitive answer on who abducted the twins. So there's no clear answer as, well, it was to, Clemens, yeah. as to well, yeah, it was Clemens. I, you can assume Clemens. it was Clemens because he was crazy and, and it was his house right yes so it's pretty safe okay we'd know um <laughs> but like how how the light was so high like I'm still it's it wasn't like a flashlight shining yeah at their and eye he, level it was way up here like it was being someone it was, was coming down yeah. from the sky to it was them. weird. Well, but you know you how it started, remember. though. Yeah, it, you do have to remember, this is a retelling of yes. a scary true. story. So, yeah. of course, it's kind of played up to what the imagination is. That's very true. Nicely put. So. Yes. That, yeah, it was a story they were telling. Yes. Yeah. But that leads us to the present day where the 
second set of or set of kids go missing. And we have um, Bones, Bones <laughs> Jarvis, Josh Hartman, and PK Riggings. They're all teenagers. They all like to play together and create scary movies, film scary movies together. But they go missing, and they're also playing in the cornfield. <laughs> you think they learn? They're quite ambitious with their filmmaking, and they. <laughs> you know. yeah. But then they go missing. Like, what do you think would have happened? I mean, the, these kids go missing, and um, I'm glad that they actually like turned in. Like, someone filed the missing reports for like all these three kids. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's scary because every time they said, you know, kids go missing, they, there's that short time window. Yep. Uh, yeah. What, what's, what is that time 20, window? Twenty four hours. And like twelve hours have already passed, so they only have like right. twelve to go before they have to collect right. bodies. Yeah, that's yeah. what they said. But um, I, I liked how the team comes in, and the you know we had the usual disbursement of everybody. But uh, we let's first break it up with uh, Reed and Prentice, and they go to the actual cornfield. Fortunately, during the day, but they run into Jimmy Ridley. What did? What were your thoughts of Jimmy Ridley? That's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we both had a strange reaction to that because, especially when he was hiding under the sink, the it was, uh, it, you know, I couldn't figure out. I knew that there was the mental hospital that had burned down previously in that town, but uh, Jimmy Ridley seemed really incapacitated uh, mentally and not uh, not altogether there. And then, and and w- between that and also Clemens not being altogether. Uh, you know, kind of having what did she call it? Bats in the belfry. Uh, in the belfry. B a n n n s. Yeah. Bananas. Bananas. My um, little Gwen Stefani woven in. But um, <laughs> I did love that. Yeah, but to have two characters that were so uh, mentally feeble, I'll, I guess I'll say, uh, kind of uh, surprised me. And I was looking for the connections, and I guess it was the mental hospital that had burned down in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so so this is what I like to call unconventional unsubs because we didn't really get a specific. We got like four different kind of creepy people who yeah. were small town, small town, quote unquote, <laughs> like all these people who could potentially be it. Um, we started with Jimmy Ridley. I mean, I actually meant Dealey Henson. They run into Dealey Henson. Henson. He's the same. <laughs> but since you did mention Jimmy Ridley, we'll, we'll talk about him. He's the one who was in the footage. Of what the kids were filming. Yeah. Pick up track. They go to his house and realize he's been stalking. He's actually been stalking these kids. So did you think from that that he was the answer? No. No. Why not? I know. It was just kind of a... I could tell that the way that he was behaving and hiding under the sink... I I mean, I believed his story right away when he said it. Um, But... Yeah, it's Just very the, suspicious, the behavior still, but... It is. Yeah. It's awkward. Um, it's not really a good trespassing system to just catch them in the act <laughs> yeah. and take a picture of them and then hang it on a Christmas tree. I wouldn't recommend right. that system. Um, but it does, I mean, you could see the pictures were all the same type of photo from outside. I mean, but if you were a police that, officer... Oh, and you, you would found absolutely that, what would investigate you think? the crap out yeah, of that. Yeah, you'd go, this guy... I mean, you wouldn't you like that would be the hard thing to keep your mind open after finding something like that, don't you think? Yeah, be tough. Yeah, I mean, because that's pretty damning. 
Well, also, like, when they find him under the sink, there was that moment where he was like, kind of, like, hissing. Really yep. weird. Yeah. And it just makes me think that men- maybe mentally he was unstable. Yeah. F- stalking these kids. I feel like the overlapping theme with all of the characters um, that could have been potential unsubs was, like, just extreme isolation. Hmm. Okay. On different levels. Uh, now I'm trying to process that. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dealey self-isolated right. in order to cope or not cope with being blamed um, and a suspect mm-hmm. in his siblings' disappearance. Um, and then Ridley is a little unstable and has chosen to stay on the farm isolated. His father and his grandmother mm-hmm. have both died, whom he mm-hmm. was named after. So he's only known their way of thinking, too. And, and then Clemens. we have Crazy Clemens, who, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. Um, and Coop seemed a little crazy, too. He seemed a little off the cop. You think so? <laughs> Didn't he? Uh, Did there seem something strange with him? I didn't really him? get, like, a weird no. vibe no. from Cooper. Yeah. No. I just thought, like, this isn't the kind of small town that you'd want to kind of go walking around at night and stuff. There were <laughs> quite a few of them that could have. <laughs> well, it's a small town. They all know each other. Like, yeah. yeah. E- even, like, when Dealey Henson comes into the picture, or rides into the picture, really, he was like, uh... Hello, Daly. Do you need a ride? Like so. He, right. Yeah. He exactly. Knew everybody. Yeah. Like he was friendly to everybody. Yeah. But it seems like what Daly was saying about him when he was younger that he wasn't as nice. Of a but guy that's what I was thinking. That's what I thought. Boy, there's some kind of weird. Uh, but it was probably all Daly's stuff, quite frankly. You know, because he had a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Did you feel bad for Daly knowing his backstory? He he was part of you know the whole night of all that it was his brothers and sisters that went missing but the whole time turned on him thinking that he was the one who actually killed his siblings yeah that's got to be a terrible burden to go through life with especially if you know you're innocent and then to have your parents blame you like never say that they think you did it but to blame you for their disappearance until they die I think probably part of the part that got him too was he was the one who told him to go through the cornfield. Yep. So that, you know, more even than, I mean, you can't say more. I, you know, I'm not in his position, but that must have really just put a fork in his gut and turned it, you know, because yep. there was a lot of guilt he was carrying out. Yeah, I felt bad for him, especially during the moment when he was talking that, um, you know, it was his parents that blamed him. I was like, when his own family kind of turns on him, then... And, uh, and he, and he blamed you. himself. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he also thought the worst because apparently when the, if you cut through the corn, you can also pass Elliot's pond. And they mentioned that the pond freezes over. Mm-hmm. And I just thought the worst. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. what? Did, they fell in the pond and it froze over and they died that way. Yeah. And, and that's clearly what he thought. Like yeah. they found clothes by there in the same way they found the backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was the weird part. Like, I didn't get the backpack was caught in a bear trap. Yeah, there were survivalist traps. Survivalist um, hunting traps. Hunting traps. So how did the backpack get caught? Maybe they put it down or something? And it, I think I, so. I think huh. they probably, yeah. like, dropped it. Because it would it. normally it be like a foot that would get caught, somewhere. not a backpack. Yeah. 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 But we learned that Reginald Clemens. Reginald. Reginald. What a name. Um, Reginald Clemens. He was the person who was potentially, probably, probably. very most, more likely so, um, the person who was the first person who took the Henson twins back Unless in Unless it was the aliens. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rule out the aliens. Yeah, okay. I'm going to rule out the <laughs> But the, there was a good thing that we learned about Clemens. And I mean, not really good, but it was informational stuff that, like, he he uh, had a prior 
and he arrested a minor. But his claim was loneliness, so they realized that maybe it was for a dual purpose for loneliness, loneliness and companionship. Yep. Yeah. So he kidnapped a kid before. So yes. it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. What's he? Yeah. Yeah, no, it just gives you good reason to think, okay, well, there's uh, there's a person to look toward. <laughs> yeah, yes. Crazy uh, guy, by the lake, kidnapped a kid before. Okay, I think we're getting closer. And he was also, you know, off his rocker and right. had the thing like he always wanted to be protected from the aliens. And uh, But I, I loved Elvis during the situation. And he's pretty much the one that figures it out. He's like, mm-hmm. maybe he didn't kill these kids. Maybe he's had them this whole time. Did you think that the twins from back then were still alive? Yes. Did you? But did yes, you think I that did. before he was figuring it out or kind of simultaneously? Yeah. What led you to believe that? I, yeah. See, now <laughs> I can't defend it. I don't remember what I was thinking when I watched that. But I thought, I remember thinking it makes total sense that it would be them now because they were with him from a young age and they were brainwashed into his extreme way of thinking. So mm-hmm. they you either adopt that lifestyle or you crack type thing. So Yeah, it's kind of the, uh, uh, what's the syndrome they call it, when the, the, the captives start to really care about their, uh, what is it, Helsinki or something? Mm. Um, or I forget, why do I it forget will what come. it's called? Uh, let us know, please. <laughs> At some point, um, yeah. I'll remember this. But, but where the prisoners actually start to sympathize, sympathize with, with the, their, captors, their captor, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's brainwashing is what it is. If that's all you know, uh, it's it, it does happen. Yeah, um, they, they had one of the good lines. One survivalist bred two more. Yep. Yeah, yep. so like, okay, if Reginald Clemens thought that way, then the Henson twins, now probably grown up, thought that way, which was really, really creepy when we actually saw the Henson twins. Oh my goodness. Oh. Like I'm not one for horror. Like scary like actually those cheap spooking spooky kind of movies. No, I don't like that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Like you can <laughs> keep that out of criminal minds. I think they did a great job of showing them. Super creepy. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Super creepy. I was he completely shaved? Like he was bald, but he also didn't have eyebrows, I think. Yeah, like they were both extreme emaciated. I missed that part, but that any, I mean, they looked crazy, like old man Clemens had looked crazy, so they kind of followed suit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what you do. You emulate the people around you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go out into the sunlight that often, probably don't. Right, they almost yeah. looked... Get the, uh, the protein you need. Yeah, they almost looked like albino or something. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, well, it seems like they obviously... Weren't eating properly. They mm. weren't taking care of themselves. They've been... You can believe that they've been isolated for a long time. Yep. And, um, like, they were both kind of, like, bug-eyed. Like, big eyes. Right. Like, um, just, like, emaciated, unhealthy-looking. Yeah. Like yeah and the bug-eyes are, place. like, crazy out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but the, I think the, the reveal of both of them the first time was scary. Especially with the light on Johnny... At the first time. Yep. Scared the crap out of me. And then the reveal of Allie when she, like, was slowly poking her head through the curtains. Yeah. Like, you could just kind of delineate that she's there, but you don't actually see her face. And then the slow reveal of both of them. Oh, my goodness. I was scared in this episode. (laughs) I'm sure the kids were, too. (laughs) Yeah. 
Actually, I thought the kids. It's which... not the Berlin syndrome, is it? No. 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 I was like, just thinking of all these syndromes I know. that go through my head. It's going to bug me. The kids did very well, all things considered. Yeah, they did. They weren't. Yeah. Uh, they didn't look uh, too shaken. I mean, if uh, if people that looked like that grabbed you, you'd be pretty. Uh, you'd be flipping out. Well, just and I feel bad. I remember who Bones was, but the curly-haired kid that didn't need the the snacks for his growth spurt. The one that came up with the <laughs> PK. plan. PK. PK. Well, the, uh, for his growth spurt, well, you know what's funny is uh, was he the little chubbier one? Because they gave him the cookies in the end. Did you I notice know, that? I thought that, I thought that <laughs> I'm was like, why'd so you get the fat kid the cookies? They were, they were nutter butters. <laughs> it was adorable. Um, but... Wasn't that like racist? No. <laughs> no, I, I know it's not racist. But... No, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, Stockholm syndrome? But... Stockholm. Hey! <laughs> I said Helsinki, <laughs> right? The Helsinki. <laughs> How far like, is it, really? I mean, some... German yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah. You win. Good. You win. But but PK was very much. <laughs> it just came to me. In the that was great. Um, very much a survivalist in in the helpful sense of okay, we need a plan. We need to stay calm. I'm going to do this. You have to go do this. And kind of just helping his friends get through it. Their plan did not work, but a forever. Um, and, and FBI came in right in time. And so thank you, thank you to Fantasy Stats Guru who gave us the term. <laughs> Fantasy you. Stats Guru is always on top thank of this you, stuff. Fantasy yes, stuff. thank you. I didn't even you. look uh, on Twitter. <laughs> just like it came to me and I googled it. Oh, I was like, sure, it. it did. Yeah, you can see my Google research. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, that just makes me think. Like, had um, Dealey Henson, because it seems like he was the one who was making the decision decisions back then had he stuck with his siblings they would have survived if that happened perhaps i mean if they i like i think you reckon that they all went through the cornfield you're not like if all three of them got captured back then dealey was the headstrong person to think of collect uh, Mm -hmm. you know solutions to get Mm. out of it i think dealey would have helped them escape um, but he wasn't with them, therefore... Possibly, and he was a little older, he would have been a little yeah. stronger. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Like, I think they would have had a better chance had Dealey been still with the right. other two. Yeah. And um, so I'm glad that the three kids survived. And, I mean, when you add teenagers to the story, you kind of have to have a happy story at the end. Yeah. Especially yes. when they come and return them to the parents, which slow motion... Sentimental huh. music. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I'm not crying, you're crying kind of situation. Yeah, <laughs> <Right? laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, and like I say, these things happen. I mean, we hear about this in the news where people were taken for 20 years and they uh, emerge. And it's like, wow, uh, you know, that must really shake, shake everything up in their lives. You know, yeah. I was, while I was watching this episode and even afterwards, I was kind of thinking back to. You know, the young girl who had been taken by that mountain man, uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Smart. And then you think of some of these people that are, uh, you know, held captive, um, the the three women that were held captive by the guy in uh, that house, uh, and they came out. Yeah, it's Mm like, my God, that must be horrible. So I think the one thing that this episode really did for me was it it caused me to reflect more on the the lives of the people that this has really happened to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that they had a happy moment with you know the the teenagers um there that they were all fine um yes it, it did get you know real at that moment and um i, I always love the you know the bau's reactions when they finally return the kids can you help me bau means what 
Behavioral analysis unit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I got you. A. She's yeah. all over those acronyms. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Lots of words. Lots yes. of terminology. <laughs> I do. I do love the pure joy that's on their face. Mm-hmm. It was great. And um, I did love this moment in between all of this. You know, we had, of course, Garcia being the the light and fluffy person that we love. I love Garcia. Yeah, she's amazing. But her moment got real with Rossi on the phone. Yeah. Uh, What did you think of their conversation? I think that it's probably not said enough in that field of work. Um, But it's always good to just talk about it and think about it because you never want to be stuck in a situation where you're just assuming you're going to keep seeing the same people every day and you might not have been as nice that day or you just didn't say anything to them because you weren't feeling it and then you're like racking your brain and feeling self-guilt um, for what your last words were. Um, this is a unique, what is, I learned it from, I learned this term from Pretty Little Liars, ambiguous <laughs> loss um, oh. because it's not a death but that person is no longer in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still process it like it's a death. Thanks, pretty little liars. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good scene for Garcia, and I, I thought it was uh, great that Rossi was able to, uh, you know, keep calm and cool because a lot of people uh, she was lashing out, and you could hear that it was. I mean, there was sadness underneath it, but anger was coming out, and so she was uh, being aggressive with the way she was presenting it, and he was calm and cool, and I thought that was uh, yeah. Uh, yeah good on his part. Yeah, because. We won't be able to see Hotch again, and that you know that does hurt. Um, but I love that Dealey got to see his siblings again. That moment melted my heart, and it was just so great. And it's one of those things when when um, children are kidnapped, unfortunately, um, at a young younger age. You know, it affects how they grow up. It affects their love map. map it affects their imprinting. It in fact affects how they think family is. But these kids were kidnapped when they were older and basically taught a crazy way to survive in the world. So seeing the recognition on their face of their brother and knowing that that wasn't brainwashed out of them was just really precious. Yeah. yeah it's good for them. Good for them. And I'm glad that like everyone survived in this episode. Yeah. No one really died. And no one went What's to up prison. With that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a unique episode. It was. It was so unconventional, as we called it earlier, yep. um, which I like. There was a lot of restraint on different people's parts. I mean, when they when they first met with, uh, is it Healy or Head? Healy? Healy? Dealey. Dealey, sorry. Yeah, when they first met with Dealey, uh, they showed a lot of restraint in speaking with him because he was aggressive in his approach to his own emotional issues as well. But you know, rightfully a, so. Yeah. Learning like his past and stuff, I can definitely see we what get he's it. been through. We yeah. get it. But if you're if you put yourself in the uh, FBI's case or in the cops' place, uh, you know, there's a lot of shit that's gone down with this guy, and it's like in the moment they're just experiencing an aggressive guy. You know what I mean? It's like mm, yeah. uh, I mean, once they learn a little bit more of the backstory, they understand it, but. Um, from an outside perspective, uh, we, I think we saw a lot of we saw that a couple of times with uh, with Garcia and Rossi, and here where there's the aggression that's coming out that's really hurt underneath, uh, and everybody was kind of handling it cool. They were they had a, a higher perspective on things. Nice, yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed this episode for the the fun. It, it had a great balance of you know heart from the BAU and them everybody bonding together as a family. 
quote unquote, and then we had all the kids bonding together um, as siblings and as family, which I really enjoyed. No one died, and everyone survived, and we were all happy and saying kumbaya. Ah, uh, <laughs> maybe that's what bugged me. <laughs> no. It was too happy. <laughs> it was too happy, damn it. No. <laughs> no, I think it was No, it was an interesting <laughs> episode. <laughs> All right, so let's get into my fun segment that I like to call Profile. Profile. We need a sound effect. But I, I'll do it's the like sound effect. Go for it. Do it again. Profile. Profile. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the second time works. That's not it. Um, profile. So fun facts of this episode that you may or may not know. If you don't, um, you can read all the, the fun facts at CBS.com and look up Criminal Minds. But the names, Bones, PK, and Ridley. Um, Bones is one of the three boys kidnapped. Yes, and it was actually inspired by Erica Messer's children. Erica Messer, who's an executive producer on yeah. the show. Inspired by Erica Messer's children, whose nickname is Bones. Yeah, and her her children also enjoy making movies, so her kids clearly influenced this episode. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, and PK is one of the 14-year-old boys, um, is actually Anati Messer's old co-worker and friend. So, like, Erica had... A Everybody's just, getting woven yeah, into this movie. Just the names themselves were definitely based on Messers. Um, Ridley is the name of one of Messers' cousins, hence the unsub's name is James Edward Ridley. Jimmy Ridley. you, you got to wonder, if you're one of the names that gets a negative character, what the meaning of that is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And Why then, was I the crazy one? <laughs> Messer's family was involved in all of this. Messer's in-laws were the inspiration for this episode's location. They live in Clayton, Delaware. Oh, oh. my gosh. Yeah. And, um, yes, the movies that were filmed on the iPhones that the kids captured uh, were actually filmed by Matthew Gray Goobler himself. And one he more did a good job. That's great. You know? <laughs> he did. And one more fun thing. The trapped volunteer seen in the episode is Andre Ellingson, the show's special effects supervisor. I think nice. he was the, the guy laying on the floor where we first saw um, Johnny in the, in the light. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I think those were his legs. Nice there. one. Good oh, legs. Scary. Nice legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was actually the special effects supervisor. Okay, so cool. yeah, check out all those fun facts at CBS.com. Thanks everyone for tuning in. In the meantime, where can everyone follow you? Follow me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. Reach out, say hi. You can follow me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms at AfterBuzz TV. We are going to be off for the next week because they're not airing another episode. So in two weeks, we'll yes. be back. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Keep reading. Keep commenting. Um, I do read the, all the comments on YouTube. Y'all are great. Um, keep leaving uh, comments and stuff, and we'll definitely call you out. Yeah. And, and reach out to us. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you next time. Ciao. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 